Welcome to another edition of the Coach Buck Podcast. I'm your host, the Coach Buck, and this show is brought to you by goodifitgoes.com. It's Monday morning and it's in September, so you know what time it is. It is NFL. It's the Monday after NFL Sunday, and so you know I got to run through most of the NFL action. I don't know if I can get to all of it. Um, we're working with a 15 to 20 minute window here, but right off the back, I gotta start with the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott and the crew, um, very impressive. A lot of people thought they would lose this game on the road in Washington. Rookie fourth round quarterback. Um, Dez Bryant hasn't been putting up big numbers of late. Keep in mind he was injured and playing hurt last year, but that's neither here nor there. They don't care about that. Also, you know, Ezekiel Elliott has been struggling, or at least struggled in the first game. He actually ran the ball a lot better in this game. The only issue was he couldn't keep the damn ball in his hands. Fumbled twice. Um, I was definitely, uh, well, I'm not going to say impressed. He didn't wow me yesterday, but he looked a lot better running the football uh, against Washington on Sunday. The big deal from this game to me was the defense. Even though they gave up more points than they gave up against in the Giants game, they made they came up with timely stops, um, which is something they've really struggled with going back to last year. If you look at last year, the Cowboys actually didn't give up a lot of points on defense. Um, just in terms of not giving up points, I mean, they did a good job. All those games where we didn't have a good quarterback in there, where it was whether it was Castle or Whedon or whoever you want to name. We lost close games because the defense kept us in the game, but then at the end of the game, they kind of, whether it was because of fatigue or just not being able to come through when it really matters, they gave up those game-winning field goals, touchdowns. Whenever we needed a stop, they couldn't get it and the team closed out of the lead or it was one of those three things happened. This game, the Cowboys scored a game-winning touchdown with four minutes left on the clock. We didn't score again. After we went up, after the Cowboys went up 27 to three, all of a sudden, the, rest, the Washington Redskins got over four minutes to win the game. Normally in that situation, two things has to happen for Dallas, to, I mean, in a Dallas Cowboys game. Either the offense is gonna have to score again, or the Cowboys lose. But in this game, the Redskins got the ball back, Dallas gets a stop. Dallas gets the ball back, three and out. The Redskins get the ball back. Dallas gets another stop. I was very impressed with their play down the stretch on defense in the fourth quarter. That'll That's how you get things done for the Cowboys. Good win. Moving on, also in the NFC East, the Giants and the Saints. Giants off to a 2-0 and start, and it was ugly. You look at the, what happened between those two teams, and we, I mean, uh, last year, um, one of the biggest shootouts we've seen in recent memory. For it to be a 16 13 game, I think shocked everybody. Um, Eli didn't throw any touchdowns. Um, the receivers still got some good yardage, though. I mean, they, had, they moved the ball through the air, they just couldn't score any touchdowns. The run game for the Giants was non existent. The Saints offense, though, this Giants defense is starting to impress me. I, I said it after week one. Um, very rarely will teams go out 
spend a bunch of money, especially on defense, and see dividends because it's such a cohesion thing. And like you look at the Raiders, they spent a lot of money on defense too. And so far, it just hadn't paid off. But um, the Giants, it is paying off, man. They, they've got a great defensive line, not a good defensive line. They've got a great defensive line and they've got very good cornerbacks. So that combined with the fact that they've got some good coaching over there right now, it's helping mask the problems that they got at linebacker and at safety. And all of a sudden, you can say what you want about them kind of, you know, slowing the Cowboys offense down in week one. But to do it to the Saints, that's that's real deal stuff right there. Saints are a very good offense, and they couldn't do anything against the Giants defense. The Giants are going to be a real problem for, for the rest of the NFC East teams if they can play defense like this. Because their offense isn't going to have many 16-point games. I think Eli and those guys are going to get it figured out. Um, they're just starting to scratch the surface of what they can do on offense. Victor Cruz is starting to look more and more comfortable. This rookie, Sterling Shepard, looks really good. So I like overall what I'm seeing from the Giants. And uh, I think they're, they're going to be in it to win the NFC East. I know I picked the Redskins at the beginning of the year. Um, it's, right now, if I had to bet my money, the Giants would be who I'm betting my money on. Um, switching over to the AFC East real quick. New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins played, and my guy Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo was lighting it up. Once again, for the second straight week, three possessions, three touchdowns. That's how he started the game. It was 21 to three, I think, when Jimmy Garoppolo ended up getting uh, driven into the ground and tearing his AC joint in his shoulder, had to leave the game, would not return. Timetable for his return is week four. Um, he's going to probably miss the Thursday night game they've got this Thursday against the Texans. But they're thinking he'll be back for the week four game. And then, you know, Brady comes back, of course, after that. But the Patriots might be in trouble against Houston because the Patriots offense looked a whole lot different with Jacoby Brissett back there than it when it did when Jimmy G was in. And for all the people out there that's trying to say, well, it's just a system thing. And then look, the system started to fall off when Jimmy G came out because they didn't throw another passing touchdown the rest of the game after Garoppolo left the game. Now, Brissett isn't gonna be able to do the things that Garoppolo can do. Um, and so the offense for the Patriots, if Gronk ain't playing Thursday, I think they're gonna lose the game. And even if he does play, I think they're probably still gonna lose the game. Brissett just isn't ready yet. He's not gonna be ready to deal with one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, especially if he doesn't have Grunk. So, but I mean, one loss isn't gonna hurt the Patriots. I'm just glad that Jimmy G isn't too bad hurt. He's only gonna miss one game. Hopefully, he'll be back for week four. Um, he was he was on his way, man. The the conversation I think today was gonna be if he keeps playing like this, what do they do with Tom Brady? Um, but now that he's hurt. Who knows? We'll see. The Dolphins, though, they they blew another game. Though I mean, once Jimmy Garoppolo came, went down, it went from 21 to three to 31 to 24. They had a shot. They had a shot. Came down and them with the ball, Tanner ball in Tannehill's hands. He throws an interception. Crazy. Well, not crazy. That's that's what we expect from him, right? 
what we expect. And Jarvis Landry said he's tired of the Dolphins being a what if team or almost team or whatever he said. And he, he's absolutely right on that. They've got to do more. They've got to start coming through. The only thing right now that appears to be really holding the Dolphins back is Ryan Tannehill. The defense has improved. I know they got lit up by Garoppolo, but he lit up the Cardinals too. I mean, Garoppolo's just going to light people up. I think that's, that's what we figured out about him. They can play defense, and they've got a bunch of receivers to throw the ball to. Ryan Tannehill has to step up. It's as simple as that. Now, it's not. they can't go get anybody else. They just paid, gave him a big long-term contract extension. So they're stuck with him. So either he's going to play better or they're going to lose for a while because those that's, when, you, when you attach your wagon to an unproven quarterback, that's the risk you take. And Washington, because they didn't go give Cousins a long-term deal, they're going to actually be able to cut bait from him if he doesn't start to play better at the end of the season. So they don't have to be stuck with him. So, lesson learned out there. Now let's move on. Uh, another good game, surprisingly, was a, well, it was a lot of good games, first of all. Like, those, those 1 o'clock Eastern games, like six of them, all like towards the end of the, around the 3 o'clock time when they were starting to end, six of them decided on the last possession of the game. And uh, one of those games was the Titans and the Lions. Uh, last week, I praised Stafford for his leadership and I thought the Lions as a team was ready to turn the corner. Then they come out up 15 to 10. They've got the Titans up for, on, I mean, on fourth and five. Titans end up in the red zone. They decide to go for it. Mariota hits Andre Johnson for the game-winning touchdown. And I mean, the Lions just had so many mistakes in that game. Clearly, they're not ready yet to, to be more than what else can you say than the Lions? The Lions gonna line. That's pretty much what that game came down to. Speaking of a team that's gonna do what they do, the Cleveland Browns are another example. Cleveland was up, I wanna say 20 to nothing almost. I, I really, I, I, I forgot what the score was early. They were blowing, they were dogging the Ravens. I was looking at the box like, what? Then next thing you know, the Ravens are up 25 to 20. And the Browns are trying to uh, win it on a late game-winning drive, which ends game in pretty much ends on Josh McCown throwing the game-losing interception. So the Browns also losing a tough one. Uh, it was just one of those days. I want to talk about the Sunday night football game. This was a very good game. This was one of the best games of the week, and I mean of the sun of Sunday uh, evening or night. I picked Green Bay to win this game in a large part because I just didn't know who the Vikings were going to roll out at quarterback. But one thing I will say, and I said it when the Vikings made the trade, they actually got better because Sam Bradford at this point in Teddy Bridgewater's career is a better player than him. So even though they had to give up a lot to get him, they got a better quarterback. So from what I saw last night, the Teddy Bridgewater injury, and you hate to say it like this, but might have been the, a blessing in disguise for the Vikings because Bradford was doing some things that I just don't know if Bridgewater could have did. I don't know if he could have got it done. The Vikings passing game hasn't looked that good since, what, Randy Moss was there? I mean, uh, no, since Brett Favre was there. 
That was the last time the Vikings passing game looked anywhere near that good. Um, this Stefan Diggs kid, woo! And Damaris Randall isn't a bad player. Um, he was really good in week one against a Jaguars team that loaded at receiver. He uh, was one of pro football football, I mean pro football focused highest rated cornerbacks in week one against a very explosive offensive, potentially explosive offensive Jaguars team. And then you look at him in week two, Stefan Diggs just cooked him. Literally almost all of his production in that game last night was on uh, Demarius Randall. So he really got taken to task there. I was very impressed with him. I mean, I think the Vikings have found a number one receiver. We'll, we'll have to continue to monitor as the season goes on. We always know the rule is you never overreact to one game. Boy, I will talk about that later in the week um, when I do my week two overreactions. But you just, man, fifth round pick, you just never know with these drafts, man. You never know. Um, that's why scouting is so important in this day and age. It's like you look at the back to the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, fourth round pick. Looks like he's going to be better than just about all the other quarterbacks except maybe Carson Wentz come out of the whole draft so you just never know scouting's so critical so so critical you just gotta get that right i mean you build through the draft that is how you build in this league now i gotta talk about the seattle seahawks they played the rams who the rams if anybody wanted to come out and say the rams were the worst team in the nfl after week one they would have been completely justified in doing so they were horrific. They didn't score a single point against a San Francisco 49er defense that we can clearly see isn't very good as Cam Newton and the Panthers lit them up for, I want to say, 47 points. Um, so, yeah, that's not a good defense. And the Rams couldn't score eight points on the 49ers. Meanwhile, they let the 49ers drop 28 on them. Um, and so you look at that and you say, well, clearly this Rams team might be one of the worst teams in the league. Clearly they're not going to beat Seattle, right? Wrong. The Seattle Seahawks lost 9-3 to to the Rams. How the hell does that happen? And it, the last person you can blame is Russell Wilson. All the people, and I've seen it on Twitter and everywhere else, oh, how the Seahawks only score three points. I thought Russell Wilson was good, a great quarterback. I thought he turned the corner. Blah, 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 blah. But the Seahawks have the worst offensive line in the NFL. And it's right now, it's not even close. I know the Rams got some mad men on that defensive line. It's one of the best defensive lines going. And, I mean, it's a lot of teams that are going to struggle to try and block Aaron Donald, Hayes, Robert Quinn, Michael Brockers, and all those guys they got. But, I mean, they just, for the second straight week, the Seattle Seahawks offensive line did absolutely nothing. Russell Wilson is going to get killed playing. And he's played behind some mediocre to bad offensive lines before, but never anything like this. The Seahawks can't get anything done. They can't get a consistent run game going. Russell Wilson has, has to run out of the pocket or do some, some kind of move. He can't stay on his spot and find receivers. Um, it's just it's a mess right now, and I blame Seahawks management. The defense is still good. They've got a quarterback. 
They don't have any offensive linemen. And maybe you should have sacrificed some of some on the defense, maybe or something. I don't know, but you gotta have a an offensive line. You traded your best offensive lineman pretty much in Max Ungar uh, two years ago to get Jimmy Graham, who you who you're not even doing anything with. Jimmy Graham ain't he, he don't even look like an elite tight end anymore playing in this offense. And it's gotta be the, the fact that he's playing on his team because I know he's too young for his skills to have evaporated. So. I just I don't know what the Seahawks were thinking. Um, they just the offensive line. If it doesn't get any better, they're not gonna Super Bowl. They they might not make the playoffs. The NFC is they rolling this year. I mean Arizona, and I'm gonna touch on them in just a minute. They just rolled Tampa Bay, proving that they're not some kind of overrated team. They just came out and they had a, a loss against the Patriots. Who, can beat anybody, even without Brady. I mean, that's just a great t- coach team. So, Cardinals prove that they're for real. Um, we Green Bay is still going to be for real. Minnesota is for real. Okay, somebody's going to win the NFC East, and the Giants right now ain't looking too bad, and the Panthers are for real. So, I mean, yeah, Seahawks could get a wild card, probably will, but. What you going to do when you get in the playoffs? I mean, the offensive line has got to give you more than what they're giving you, man. Russell Wilson, though, despite all of that, and by the way, Russell Wilson was on a severely swollen ankle, I think. It was starting to, the swelling just started to go down literally that day before the game. So, I mean, he, he was on a bad ankle and all running around for his life, making plays. He almost won the game. Um, he was driving down the field for what would look like going to be the second straight week he had a game-winning drive, completed a pass to the running back, Christian Michael. He fumbles the ball away, and uh, that's the game. I mean, that is absolutely crazy. Sticking with the uh, NFC West teams, like I said, the Arizona Cardinals proved that they are here. They heard all the talk everybody's been saying about them last week after last week's loss to the Patriots, and they showed up and responded, and that's what I like to see, a team – that, um, I mean, they just got too much talent to not be good, and they put that on display. It also shows that maybe we need to pump the brakes on all the Jameis Winston and Tampa Bay hype. How about the Atlanta Falcons? Right now through two weeks, Matt Ryan, statistically speaking, is the best quarterback in the NFL, just stats-wise. Um, he has been lighting it up now, back-to-back weeks, lit the Raiders up, and the Raiders got some problems on defense that they're going to have to address I was sh- I'm shocked that the Raiders can't stop anybody through two games. I'm shocked. Sean Smith, woo! It seems like every year, some one cornerback gets a lot of money, goes to a new team, and then absolutely just stinks up the joint. Um, last year was Byron Maxwell with the Eagles. This year it's Sean Smith so far. He can't cover anything. Couldn't stop a cold. It's just bad right now. The Raiders, I mean, they, they look good on offense. They can't stop anybody. It's going to be a problem. That's all I got for you on today's show. Um, tune in the rest of the week. Got Going to be touching on more NFL action. And also, real quick, Monday Night Football tonight. Bears, Eagles. I'm rolling with the Eagles. Thank you for listening. I'm Coach Buck. I'm out. <laughs>